Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. The greatest time of the year is back. College basketball. That's right. March Madness, March Mania, and March Money. Join in on everyone's favorite game, the Bracket Challenge Contest at betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account, receive your 50% welcome bonus, and make your picks. All the early lines for all the games are now available, so don't miss out on any of the action for the next three weeks at betonline.ag, the exclusive partner at Podcast One Sportsnet. The following program is a Forbes and Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Denise Ristari, and this is Mentoring Moments, a podcast where smart, witty, and bold women are sharing their triumphs and their skids. We aren't just talking, we're taking action, and we're inviting you to join us every Wednesday in my New York City apartment. Mentoring Moments is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is a ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software for small business owners that saves you time and gets you paid faster. Now used by over 10 million people worldwide. For your 30-day free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter Mentoring Moments in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And sitting across from me is a woman who truly makes my apartment light up, Ashley Longshore. And Ashley is a pop artist. She is an entrepreneur and a feminist. And I'm not sure always in that order, right? <laughs> but, but she's all three of those. And she's here today from New Orleans. So thank you so much for coming. I'm so happy to be here. This is so wonderful. This is so fantastic. The energy in the room right now is at its peak. Well, I like to bring it. You And you do. And you do. So I'm going to tell everyone a little about you that's okay. hard to do in 60 seconds, okay. but they'll learn more about you as we get into tell the podcast. Tell them the good stuff first, okay. and then we'll talk then about we'll the talk bad about stuff. stuff. Okay, yes, there is I'll no share bad everything. Stuff. Okay, there is no bad. So I'll try to do this in 60 seconds. From lines of glitter cocaine to Jesus surrounded by Louis Vuitton to Kate Moss dressed as a nun, Ashley's pop art is never, ever shy of daring. Her art makes noise. Both Town & Country Magazine and the New York Post have compared Ashley to Andy Warhol. Noting the similarity in their obsession with pop culture icons and current brands. Ashley and her artwork have been featured in every major publication you can think of or name. Her friend, who is a client and collaborator, Blake Lively, describes her work as elegant yet rebellious. She's been dubbed by Elle magazine, and I, I'm going to just steal this from Elle magazine as I introduce you, New Orleans' most badass artist. Oh, Lord. Yeah, oh, Lord. And within the first 10 seconds of our meeting, even over the phone, it wasn't even in person, I was certain of one thing about who Ashley is, that she's Ashley, and that is a huge revolution in the best way possible. And it doesn't get better than that, than when we find our true self and when we share it with others. And so that's why I'm so excited, Ashley, that you're here today to share you with us. Thank you. I don't know how to be anything other than to be me. And that it makes life easier that way, doesn't it? It when, sure does. When you're being yourself, when you're not lying, when you're not pretending, putting on the pretenses. And I'm going to kick it off, and I'm going to kick it off with my mentoring moment. Oh, yes. So that, and you can think of yours. My mentoring moment isn't something that happened to me, per se, but it's a story that I heard that changed my life. So that story 
became my life. And it's by Paulo Coelho, who is the author of The Alchemist. So for everyone who hasn't read The Alchemist, it's a book you have to read. But this isn't from the book. The book is about seeing signs, knowing when you see signs, following signs, the signs of life, right? And being able to find your true destiny. Because the book is about when you find your, when you know your true destiny, the entire universe will conspire to make it happen. That is true. And it's, it's just a great book. But this isn't from the book, but it is from Paulo. So he tells a story because people ask him all the time, how do you find your, how do you know when the signs are in front of you though? And he's like, it's really kind of simple. So he tells a story about a guy who lived in this village. He's dreams and he has a dream of an angel coming to him. And the angel says, tomorrow in your village, it will start to rain and your village will become flooded, but you will be okay. You will not die. So he wakes up and it's raining and it rains for like three days. And, the, and everything starts to get flooded. And they come in to evacuate all the people who live there. And he's like, no, no, you don't need, I don't need to go anywhere. I'm going to be fine. I had a dream. And in that dream, an angel came to me and said, I'm not going to die. So a couple of days later, it's really getting bad. And they bring in the TV crews to report it. And he's like, I want all the TV crews to know that I'm going to be fine because they're like, come in our boat with us. Come in our boat. You got to get out of here. And he's like, nope, an angel came to me in my dream and I'm going to be fine. I'm not going to die. So the next day, the dams break, and he's like on the top of the roof of his house, and they send in a helicopter, and the helicopter's like, you know, jump in, and he's like, I'm going to be fine. I'm fine. I had a dream, and an angel said, I'm not going to die. Well, he dies, and he goes to heaven, and St. Pete's there, and he says to St. Pete, you know, I had a dream. An angel said I wasn't going to die. I'm not supposed to be here. As a matter of fact... I don't want to be here at all because you people lie. I'd rather be in hell because I know they're going to lie to me there right. versus being here. So he says, okay. So St. Pete's like, I don't get it. The man who owns this place, as in God, he doesn't lie. I've never known him to lie. So let me go talk to God. And the guy says, you know, he sent me an angel, said I wasn't going to die, and here I am, right? Mm -hmm. So he comes back, St. Pete comes back and says, talk to God. And he agreed. He did send you an angel. But then he sent you people to get you out. He sent you a boat and he sent you a helicopter. Right. And you just weren't paying any attention to the signs. Isn't that awesome? Right. And I think, you know, I've heard that story years ago. And many times in my life, I've interpreted different ways, right? Sometimes it's the signs are right in front of me. Yeah. Pay attention. Other times I think we're, we have a dream. And there's something better than even what we're dreaming. Oh, definitely. And I put dream in quotes. People can't see my air quotes that we mm -hmm. have a dream. But we don't go there because we're stuck with that dream. That's true. I could compare that so much of this of what you just said to uh, being an artist and inspiration in my work as well. Because sometimes you go, oh, I, I, you know, I need to paint a new collection. I'm looking for something. And that very thing is, first of all, already inside of me and also right in front of my face. So it's, it's really healthy to think about things in a different way. And so as I've shared that story with people, a lot of people will say, but how do you know when the signs are there? So, you know, as I was thinking about you and, and as you're just telling your, that piece of the story about that happens to you, 
The other part that he talks about is we have to take risks. And that's the part that keeps us from finding the signs that we're afraid to take a risk. So how do you find your signs or how do you know when something feels right? And how do you feel when something goes wrong that you thought would go right? Well, you know, like for example, you know, being, being an artist and being creative, if I keep myself right in front of my easel morning, noon, and night, and I don't go see the world, and I don't go travel, and I don't go paint a collection in Holland where I don't speak the language, I'm I'm never going to be inspired. I'm never going to have those things around me. So you do have to take those risks. And it's really, I feel like being an artist, I'm very connected to that inner voice because I may look at a piece of art and go, that's not done yet. Or, Ooh, yes, I'm there. It's done. So I have to be very in tune with that intuition. Um, but I think it's very important to always be searching for something, to be continuing, you know, your practice, to be learning, to be pushing forward. And of course you have to take risks for that. You have to really follow your instincts. And what would happen one day if you woke up and said, I love what I'm doing but there's something bigger for me to do. I think I say that every day. Really? Especially when you're an entrepreneur and you're extremely goal-oriented. You know, I had all these visions so long ago in my career that I wanted to do big collaborations. I wanted to sell art to movie stars. I want to make a million dollars. I want to have my own studio. And through very hard work and, you know, constantly pumping myself up and being kind to myself, I've reached so many of these goals. What is that next journey? And it's amazing how things are unfolding in these incredible women that are in my life, these amazing mentors in my life who are doing all these grand things. And I realize the next step is to continue to inspire, to show people this American dream that you could be an artist, you could be a businesswoman, you could be a venture capitalist, you could be an incredible calligrapher. And if you work hard enough, anything is possible. And if you continue that work, then these things will unfold. And through that connectivity of social media and meeting people and networking, that's when this web of wonderment occurs. That's really where the magic is. In not always knowing exactly what your destiny might be, but by having that positive outlook on life, on business, by surrounding yourself with good people, anything could happen. And that's exciting. It wouldn't be fun if you knew everything that was going to happen. Oh, I agree. Um, Before I start my day in my studio with my team, we always talk about infinite possibilities of the day. Anything could happen. You know, we all love Gucci so much right now. What if somebody from Alessandro Michelle's world, the creative director of Gucci, like reached out to us? What if we got a global collaboration today? What if Beyonce walked through the door? Anything could happen. What if we sell all the artwork in here? You know, having that positivity and that vision of I embrace that unknown, but I'm also, I'm manifesting it. That is really important in business. So how do you manifest it? You stay positive. You give yourself pep talks. You know, I mean, I could look at myself in a mirror and go, I'm not a size two. I'm getting older. You know, I'm not in New York. I'm in New Orleans. It's hot outside. That energy doesn't fuel you anywhere by saying, you know what? I love me. I have worked hard. I'm excited about today. There's infinite possibilities. I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to work harder today than I did yesterday. I'm going to stay inspired. I'm going to keep trying my best and I'm going to continue being a student. Well, how can there be negativity from that? You put that out there and people give it back to you. I mean, I have such incredible clients. I have this drawer in my studio and you might think this is really macabre, but I call it the death drawer. 
And it is the most incredible letters from people's mothers, from people who love my artwork, who love my Instagram, who thank me for positivity. And I thought, well, one day I'm, I'm going to put all these in a book. So as I'm aging and I'm older, you know, and I get to the end of my life, I have all this remembrances of all this incredible energy that's been put out there. Oh, and I know great. that's strange. No, but no, like, I think that's great. The Egyptians plan for their death their entire life. You know, why can't I be a little Egyptian? So um, I just... I feel like right now, too, there's so many scary things happening in the world that my world, Ashley world, full of color and sparkle and these messages of being a woman in a very status-oriented society, you know, I want to find the positivity and the humor in that, and I want to live my life that way. So I'm I'm virtually turning into one of my paintings. So if, I, if I'm jingling a little bit, it's because right. I'm covered in all kinds of things. She has the best jewelry on. It's, it's the I best. Like to sparkle. It is the best. Yeah, I like sparkly. I'm, I'm a little jealous. In a good way, in a good way. I worked hard for them, and I got right. it myself. No, I bought them right, myself. Right, so that in a very good way. I'm, it's, they're beautiful. They're, they're well, gorgeous. Well, that's just so exciting, you know, to be a, a woman in business in America, to know that we have all these opportunities, to wake up every morning and say, there are so many women all around the world that do not have remotely the opportunities that I have. And I know there's still a glass ceiling, but... You know, my philosophy is, you, you know, you don't even have to break it. Start your own business. Yes. Start your own company. So just like what you were saying, that that opportunity that's all all around us that we don't always know is there, reach for it. It is there. You know, this is the most incredible place in the world to be a woman in business. It really is. Oh, for sure. So I have to thrive on that. How can I not be positive? Right. Before we continue the conversation with Ashley, I want to give a shout out to Fresh Books. A curious thing happened to FreshBooks on its way to becoming the largest cloud accounting software platform for small business owners in the world. As a company, they've managed to stay small while soaring to over 10 million users strong. Or is it the other way around? Has FreshBooks customer base soared because their company has stayed small? Named as a small giant on Forbes' list of best small companies this year, FreshBooks has been recognized for focusing on greatness over growth. By drastically simplifying tasks like tracking expenses and getting paid online, invoicing so you can send professional-looking invoices in about 30 seconds, and delivering award-winning customer service that usually picks up in under three rings, FreshBooks has changed how small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. But this is only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do, and they want you to see more. To claim your 30-day free trial, no credit card required, just go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter Mentoring Moments in the How Did You Hear About Us section. You're listening to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari. And now back to our conversation with Ashley Longshore. So now I can't wait to hear your mentoring moment, though. Well, let's talk about that. Okay, let's talk about it. I you don't know, know what it is. Throughout all of this positivity that I have now, because of the experience I've had in my business, I've been working for 23 years, I can easily tell you about some very low moments that I've had. Um, 12 years ago, for instance, I had this little studio. I was painting with all my all my might. I've always been very prolific. I knew if I could paint four paintings in a day, then that means I could sell them. If I could take these thoughts and put them on canvas into something tangible, that's the business side of me, right? Well, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, boom, the power goes out. I hadn't paid the power bill. I didn't have the money to pay the power bill. I'm sitting there in the dark. It was winter. It was cold. And I'm like, oh no, what am I going to do? I'm not going to call daddy. There's nobody that can take care of this but me. 
So I sat there and I painted in candlelight all night long. I painted with all my might. I had tears running down my face. I painted and then I started to reach out to people. I started to call people, anybody who I thought might be interested in art until I sold something. And I went and I sold a painting. I had the power turned back on. And can I tell you the luxury of when the power comes back on? And there was another moment, too, when I had this fashion designer who wanted to have a big show for me in New York City. This was, you know, over a decade ago. So I hustle up here, spend every dime I'd saved up in the bank to come up here. I get up here. I didn't sell anything. I realized this was all about him. This wasn't about me. And I thought at the time, well, this guy is this big fashion designer. This is going to get me in front of all these people. This is going to be some magic answer. After this, I'm going to sell so much artwork. I'm never going to need money again. This one thing is going to make my whole career. Well, needless to say, that evening, I laid in in my hotel room and I sobbed and it was very important because I'll tell you, it was, it was a time in my life as a, you know, a 30 year old woman where I went, you know what, Ashley, you can't depend on anybody, but you, you can't depend on anybody, but you take care of you and grab this thing by the cojones, you know? Mm -hmm. And from that day forward, I started to realize I've got to make better decisions and it isn't about not trusting people, but it's about trusting that instinct and being able to believe in yourself as an artist who's breaking that traditional artist system in that I'm not working with galleries. I don't believe in giving up 50%. I want to know my business. I want to know my clientele. I've really had to do this entire thing my own way. And there's a lot of risk involved in that, but is it the easy way? No, it's the harder way, but it's the better way in the long run. It's been hard, but now I'm at a place where I'm more comfortable. I I can have an outrageous idea and I have the capital to create it. And if I want to go to Europe for a month and pay to be inspired, I can do that. And that was, that was my whole dream to begin with. It wasn't to have a Rolls Royce or the biggest house on the block. It was to be able to have the financial means to follow any creative instinct that I had. And, and that's happening. And now I just want to be able to share this with other young entrepreneurs so that they know they can do it too. It's the American dream. It's a lot of hard work and tears though. And I think it's great that you didn't get confused with success, meaning I need to be a millionaire. It's okay to want to be a millionaire to be able to give you other things right. you want. Well, that's going to happen. Right. Once you figure out how to make money, there's an infinite amount of money to be made. I say this to young artists who, who I actually mentor a lot, is that this whole career thing, it's, it's like planting a seed in a garden. I'm not going to be able to pick fruit the next day. I've got to let the sprout come up. I got to keep the rabbits out of the garden. There's going to be floods. There's going to be droughts. How can I protect my creative interest and my business interest and make sure that down the road I have a thriving garden? But then, you know, there's the other thing. Once you start to have fruit, you got monkeys trying to take it. So like then I'm starting to learn this whole other side of success and what that really means. For me, money defining me or things defining me isn't important at all. And my artwork is about a a lot of those things. It's about me being able to sleep at night. It's about me being able to say that I love me, that I love the person I am, and I'm just fine exactly how I am. But I also want to keep learning and growing and working. But did that take you a lot of work to get to that point? Or did you always, were you always that girl who was like, I love me? No. Oh God. No, I've no, I have not always been that girl. (laughs) I was raised in the South. I was raised in Montgomery, Alabama. So I was raised to be 
in the junior league and the garden club and to be a trophy wife and to have a wealthy husband. Um, you know, that's very Southern, although I think that happens everywhere. And it, that never felt right to me. Um, my father always put this in me that girl, you can do whatever you want to do. You can be whoever you want to be. So I think in our lives, whether it's a biological or a logical that's, you know, nurturing you, believing in you, you really can gain that first little spark of self-confidence to just get to the point where you're this raging fire, where you're letting your light shine bright. And I feel like that's where I'm at right now, but you know, it's hard. And I think there's a big difference between you can be anything and go for your dreams. I'm going to explain that. My father and mom, mother always said to me, you can be anything you want to be. And that gives you the self-confidence to say, I've got it. I think one of the things that I'm seeing a lot with millennials, and not to pick, I love millennials, but I'm seeing it with that generation, is the, I deserve to be there. Oh, yes. Because I'm special. And there's a difference between you can be anything you want to be, and I'm special, so I deserve to be there. And there is no deserving when you're an entrepreneur and you're really trying to make it. Right. There, and there's there no is deserving, no deserving. Period, right? There's no deserving in there's personal working. relationships. Either. There is working. Right. And I think you're so right by the whole instant gratification. And I say this when I, when I speak to these young girls, instant gratification will get you stoned, drunk, or pregnant. <laughs> Everything else right. is going to take some time. Right. And I feel like in our society too, I mean, you watch a 30 minute sitcom, you watch a two hour movie, there's problems. They're all resolved in this very quick, you know, amount of time. I mean, I feel like ADD has that spawned from, you know, watching a 30 minute show and there being commercials every six minutes, you know, like your brain, you're concentrating on something and then the subject changes. And then it's, you know, it's a tampon commercial and then you're back to the show. I mean, our society is moving so fast and there's so much information, but the reality of it is, is that you really have to be patient with yourself and you have to love yourself and understand like success takes time. It's the semi-annual sale at Mattress Firm. For a limited time, get huge savings of up to $500 on our top-rated mattresses. We have more than 15 beds with over four-star ratings on sale store-wide. Like our fan-favorite Sleepy's Firm Queen mattress, now just $299. You won't find this deal anywhere else. But hurry in, this sale ends Tuesday. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com sale. There's a whole lot of good things happening on the Podcast One Forbes Network. Forbes U30 is a show about young innovators, disruptors, and entrepreneurs like the minimalists Joshua and Ryan, electropop artists like Lights, TBS search party star Charles Rogers, the women of YouTube's Clever TV, plus many more. And the Forbes interview is a deep dive into the minds of the folks who could be on the cover of the magazine, like Tinder founder Sean Rad, hero pilot Captain Sully Sullenberg, Moneyball author Michael Lewis, pop star Jason Derulo, and the list goes on and on. Subscribe or listen to Forbes U30 and the Forbes interview now on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Continuing the conversation here on Mentoring Moments, we're brought to you by WordPress.com. More websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Create your blog or small business website today and get 15% off any new plan purchase at WordPress.com slash Forbes. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes. And now back to the conversation with Ashley. 
Was it hard to say, I'm not going to go to galleries? I'm sure galleries, I'll, I'll guess galleries were saying to you, come to us, we can sell your artwork. Oh, no, a lot of galleries actually told me I wasn't marketable. Really? They said I wasn't marketable. So in the beginning, I mean, think about it. This is a business model that is 50-50, right? If I owned a gallery, I need to kind of like, if I'm taking the risk of taking on an artist and putting their work up for a month, I kind of need to know that their stuff's going to sell. So imagine being a new artist that nobody's heard of, no press. How do you get a gallery to represent you? How do you get a gallery to take a chance on you? So in the beginning, you know, it was, it was really from rejection where I said, you know what, I'm going to do this my own way. I'm going to do this my own way. And it's made me so much smarter because I really understand my clients and my business. And I don't give up 50%, you know? But of course now, yes, I do. I get approached by a lot of galleries. And I try to come up with creative ways to work with them. And um, they really laugh at me, which I think is fun. Those are really fun, fun calls. <laughs> so you, as an artist, you're putting yourself out there every day. Yes, right? And we touched on this a little bit. I want to dig deeper into it. So do you get scared? I get excited. And it's very electrifying. It's like falling in love when that inspiration hits you and a new collection starts and you take a thought and it ends up on a canvas exactly how how you imagined it in your mind. That is a very thrilling, thrilling, thrilling moment uh, for any artist or musician or a chef with a new recipe. It's that is love. I mean, it's intoxicating. It's a drug. I'm not afraid. And I think like we we were discussing earlier with mentoring moments, you, you, you get to a point where you say, I don't really care what anybody thinks anymore. I'm living this life for me and I'm following my own path. And I'm going to do this my own way and I'm going to work hard. I'm going to live right. I'm going to have a great company. I'm going to take care of the people that work with me. I'm, I'm going to do this the right way. And so what do I have to be afraid of? If I stay in that, in that place of positivity, I'm not afraid of anything. Now, I mean, sometimes, you know, the public speaking engagements that I've had recently, I'm still getting used to that. I feel like I'm, I'm good at it, but this is like my next hurdle where I feel extremely confident because it's a little scary. And I find myself saying, what are you scared of? What are you you scared of? Because you have such great stories to tell. You're so articulate. There's nothing about, I, I, I look at I'm you psyching think, myself out. Right. It's that whole thing where I meet these young artists and they don't want to put their, their images on Instagram because they think nobody's going to like it. And it's like, of course they're going to like it. Right. Of course they are. What are you afraid of? It's, it's a self pep talk. I mean, I'm getting there. You know, one of the things that I learned about speaking is that we're not in middle school anymore, that the people who are listening to us want to see us succeed. We're not yeah. the circus. They don't want to see us fall off. That's true. The, the wire, right? They That's don't want true. to see us getting eaten by a lion. They go to the circus to see that happen. Yeah. Right? But when they're coming to or listening to us, whether they're coming to us or we're in their ears, they want to get something out of it. So right. they're not looking for us to fail. They're, You're right. They're doing, but we go, I, I'm nice. I do the same thing, right? It's true. I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting. Right. But you I get think, a rush from it for sure. Oh, for sure. And I, I don't ever want to lose that. I don't ever want to lose that feeling. And I speak a lot when you go on stage of, there are sometimes I feel it more than others where I like really have to think, just take a deep breath. Right. Just take a deep breath. Yeah. That, um, then I go into the, 
everybody wants to see you succeed. You're right. So give it your all. And I, I, I tell you, I get really excited and not nervous at all to be around college students. They hold something that I feel like I hold in my own life every day, which is this anything could happen. There's so much life ahead of me. This positivity, this, you know, believing in yourself, finishing school, the starting of this journey. Like every day when I wake up, I think of it that way. Like what is going to happen today? What is on this journey? Like I love that. I'm not in this boring routine of going to a cubicle, following the same path, but to like mixing up my life and keeping it exciting. You know, I get, I get really excited to be, to be around that, that young energy like that. That gets me really fired up. Well, and I think I, I speak at Stanford oh, wow. and which is, you know, which is great. I love it. I just love it. And I think that, that for me, that's part of it, that I love speaking with to college yes. students and speaking with college students because they're so eager. Most of them exactly. are, are very eager to want to hear what you have to say. That energy right? yes, yes. is there's, magnetic. There's a, I love going to Stanford for many reasons. I love, I was a college dropout. So the fact that I'm a guest lecturer at Stanford is huge for me, right? That is that a very is, big yes, deal. That is, it's, it really is. Um, when I first went to Stanford, I said, you know, this is truly, other than taking my daughter to look at colleges and looking at classrooms, this is the first real university classroom I have ever been in. Wow. And you're guiding and I'm, them now. I'm, a, I'm on the stage, not in the seat. How about them apples? Right. <laughs> I know. But it goes to that whole point, right, of when you really put your all into it. I never once said, one of my goals is to speak at Stanford. I was just in my authentic self right. doing what I do. And they reached out and said, would you like to be a guest lecturer for this tech entrepreneurship class? Exciting. Right. And, and it's, it really holds true to stay true to who you are, do what you're doing. And I'm not saying you shouldn't manifest or do vision boards or whatever people do you want to do that helps you figure out what it is you're doing. But it's really that being authentic to yourself and just doing the best you can do. Exactly. That is truly you. So I'm going to do this. You live in a world of laughter, color, sparkle, and shine. I do. And you say that life is too short to live it without a smile. And we've talked, we've touched on this, but for the people who aren't living their life, the way you're embracing life, what do you, what would you want to tell them? I mean, as I said, all of this infinite opportunity that's all around us, it, it is there just like your mentoring moment today. All of these signs are around us. And if you don't like where you are, you're not a tree. Move. Uh, easier said than done. Right. Like me when I'm sitting in a room with no power on and I'm sitting there, I light a little candle and I work as hard as I can and have faith that things are going to be okay. That if I work as hard as I can, the result is going to be great. What bad could come out of that? How could that lead me down a bad path if I'm working as hard as I can? Before we continue painting the picture of Ashley's story, I want to do a shout out to WordPress. So I'm at a little flower shop down the street from me, and I say to the woman who runs the shop, I love those flowers. What are they? And she says, French tulips. Ask me anything. I'd love to tell you more. I left the shop with beautiful French tulips and knowledge I had didn't even know existed about flowers. I love supporting small businesses, but how can small businesses make a really big impact? 
by going to WordPress.com and creating a website for your business or your personal blog. Even if you don't have a clue how to build a website, WordPress.com can guide you through the process, starting with they have customized themes. Plus, when you're on WordPress.com, you'll get built-in social sharing and search engine optimization. On WordPress.com, you're part of a community with support 24-7 when you need it. Come see why nearly 30% of all websites run on WordPress and why more websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Get started today with 15% off any new plan purchase. Go to wordpress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's wordpress.com slash Forbes for 15% off your brand new website. Wordpress.com slash Forbes. Continuing the conversation here on Mentoring Moments, we're brought to you by Braintree. If you think that your payment system exists solely for the purpose of transferring money from a customer's wallet to yours, think again. Braintree, rethink payments. Learn more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. And now we're going to switch over to a segment called I'm Done With That. Oh, okay. Okay, so talking about the things we're done with. So I'll kick it off so you can think of something you're done with. So. My husband and I were dating for years, and we decided to get married. And I'm a single parent. My daughter at the time is in seventh grade. And we get back. We're on, my husband and I are on a trip. Then we were dating. We're on a trip. We decided to get married. We come back. And I'm like, but I, I'm going to tell Allie, but let's not get married for like another year or two because I want to give her time you know, she's in seventh Depressed. grade, right? And I don't want her to think like things are changing. And I had been divorced now for like four years or so. So this mm-hmm. wasn't like, you know, three months after I've gotten divorced. Mm-hmm. So I come home and I tell Allie and I say, you know, but it's not going to be for another couple years or so. And she's like, why not? And I said, well, because we just want to give it some time. And I said, but we are going to get married. And she said, wait, I have one thing to say. It's about time. How great is right. that? And it taught me that we cannot assume what other people are thinking. Boy, that's the truth. As well as we know them, right? I mean, I know Allie, she's my daughter, and I was, I, but I was projecting my fears exactly. on her. Which is so human. Yes. So human. That's a good thing to be done with. I am done with comparing myself to other people. I feel like, especially in American society, you know, you look at these fashion magazines, you look at, you know, the Kardashians, you look at all these different things that are coming at us. You're supposed to have a helicopter and a Rolls Royce and a big house and a giant diamond and you're supposed to be thin. You're supposed to look young. No, 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 no. You're just supposed to be you and the universe is waiting for you. The world needs you. We're starved for originality and creativity and for those individuals that are brave enough to put themselves out there. You know, if you look at who your mentors are in the world, I guarantee you they're unique, incredible individuals who only embrace themselves, not comparing themselves to other people. So, you know, that was a big part, I think, of my success, too, is I'm not going to compare myself to anybody else. But how did you not do that? How do you look at yourself and say, "Ooh, am I doing it as am I doing it as well as Andy Warhol?" I mean, that was Andy Warhol's gig, right? not mine. Right. That's his life, not mine. I mean, there are so many successful artists out there who I love. I'm also a collector, but they do them and I do me. I mean, th- th- that's the thing I think from the beginning of of what we've been talking about today is those infinite possibilities 
are right in front of us. And you have every opportunity to do this your own way. There isn't a model. I mean, our society has created that, but it's really smoke and mirrors. There are no rules. You can do this your own way. You have to. And when you're mentoring young women, in addition to all the things we just talked about, what other messages do you give them? I mean, first and foremost, that this ain't going to be easy, right? This is going to be hard. You have to trust yourself. Know that there are going to be nights when you're crying. Know that this is going to be really hard, but worth it, you know, to, to let mistakes and rejection make you smarter to evaluate, you know, when something goes wrong, that's when you really get creative on, okay, how can I fix this? How can I make this better? And as you get older in business, all of those things that you've learned are what make you a person that can be a mentor. Cause you can say, well, let me tell you about when this went wrong for me. Let me tell you about, you know, this time when a client didn't like what I did, how did I get creative? How did I fix this? You know, what do you do when you can't pay the power bill and you're painting in the dark? So what do you do when a client doesn't like your work? Well, that generally doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. happen. I'm <laughs> it, 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 that that happen. doesn't happen. Right. That but doesn't if it happen. did happen, what would you what would you advise someone to do? Well, to someone? I'm I'm one of those artists that likes to send. I mean, we use all this technology. We um, superimpose images of artwork in people's rooms. They'll text us a picture of a room where they're thinking about a painting. We'll superimpose existing pieces onto that. If they are interested in a commission and it's something that I want to take on, uh, I'm the type of artist that will send images along the way. And and I learned that after 23 years that, listen, this, this is collaborative. And if a person believes in me enough to want to write me a check for a painting and live with my thoughts in their home, absolutely. I'm going to do them the justice of sending images and bringing them into the process. This is the bedazzle we're thinking about. This is the color palette. And it isn't a matter of them going, Oh no, no, no. I wanted you to paint something different because they know what they're going to get. Like you could eat vanilla ice cream and go, okay, or I could show you a bowl of vanilla ice cream. You could say, okay, what's that going to taste like? But then when you put it in your mouth, it could be like the most incredible vanilla bean, the most amazing thing. So I just want to make sure that we're working together to give them the very best thing that they could possibly have. Being a creative, because I'm a creative and sometimes it's really hard for me to get into the details to be that business because I am also a business person. I used to head up sales at USA Today. Yeah. So when you're responsible for revenue, you're business savvy, but it's not my favorite place to be. I'd much rather be in the creative space. And I remember back to one time I was having a conversation with a bunch of people, but I was having a conversation with Andrew Lloyd Webber and he was talking. Oh, him. No big deal. (laughs) It's not like he was at my apartment. It was a business thing that we were having a conversation. And he said that he doesn't deal with the fine. He doesn't want to know. He, he hires people because he, his mind just doesn't go, go there. there. He doesn't know what to do with it. It doesn't go there. Now, he's Andrew Lloyd Webber, and he has that luxury he does have that. of having right. a posse of people around him to take care of him. That's right. But as a creative, how do you switch back and forth? I mean, I think it's like you've got sparrows and peacocks, pussycats and lionesses, and they're all existing in their own being as much as they can. You know, if you're a peacock, you've got a big fan, you know, a big tail full of feathers. You want to sprawl about and shake them a little bit. You know, if you're a little finch or a chickadee, maybe you like to, you know, eat those little bugs off of a fruit blossom. 
you just do, you follow your instincts, whatever being that you are. I like business and art. I like the idea that I can go away for six weeks and create a whole collection and then come back in my studio and have the phone ringing off the hook and collectors ringing the doorbell and press conversations. And, you know, people are all fired up and, you know, we've already sold the paintings that they want. I love that excitement. You know, I'm a lioness. I, I, I love that. You know, I love the hunt. I love it so much. So I, I think it's just my being, but I do talk to a lot of artists who maybe don't always have those instincts. And what I try to tell them is if your only choice is to work with a gallery, let's get creative with those galleries. Let's see. It's sort of like every business deal has their own room for creativity. Maybe you can negotiate with the gallery to write you a check for eight of the pieces at the 50%, you know, loss. If they believe in you enough to hang out on their wall, do they believe you in, in, in you enough to pull out their checkbook? You know, can you go to a, a friend's mom who maybe is a queen bee? Can you ask them to have a little art show for you at the house? Like how creative can you really get? I, I think there's that th- tough piece of being an entrepreneur and having all of these great ideas and then getting the time and energy to actually implement them. Yeah, because everybody has ideas. Right. But if there's no action, what are you supposed to do with that? Right. That's why for me in my own career, action fixes everything. Oh, for sure. I am so about action. Action. I am so about action. You know, you can sit around scratching your, you know, broke fanny Mm -hmm. or you can get up and do something, make something happen. Make it happen. I, I think for some people that's really hard, right? I mean, you mentor people, I mentor people. Yeah. That's just really hard for them to get into action mode. You're right. And for us, it's not so hard because we're very action oriented. And that's one of the things I hope Mentoring Moments does for people is yeah. helps them see those stories. So the next time they're stuck to be able to say, I just need to go take action. Well, you have to get your mind right. You have to get your mind right and, and believe in yourself and and tell yourself all the reasons why you love yourself, not the reasons why you don't. Right. I mean, you got to do that before you go into this business battle world. I mean, this this is this is hard out here, man. It's hard. So if, if you can get your mind right, then you can get out there and get in the game. That's really the first step is is understanding that self-love and giving yourself that pep talk that you could really do anything. I mean, that That's important. And did you have a mentor? I have so many amazing mentors. I try to surround myself with incredible people who are much smarter than me, who I can really learn a lot from. You know, one of them is this amazing woman, Fran Hauser. And Fran's been on the show. I love right. Fran Hauser so much. She's, and she loves you when I told her you were coming uh, and we're getting together after. I don't she, know how she does it. Mother, venture capitalist, Harvard is doing studies on her. I send her an email. She responds in two minutes. How does she do all of this? She's absolutely incredible. Um, another mentor of mine is Wendy Wurzberger, and she was the former creative director um, and president of anthropology. And, uh, I mean, she built that company up to a billion dollar brand. And now she is one of my advisors in my manufacturing company. Incredible woman, yet again, a mother, businesswoman, creative, joyful, and gracious. I think that's the other thing too. People need to know that being a woman in business doesn't mean that you have to be be this hard nosed B word. You know what word mm-hmm. I'm talking about. The most incredible women and mentors I have in my life are gracious, endearing, respectful, brilliant, unbelievably charming women. There's none of that stereotype of, 
you know, now, now. That's not how the business world is for women anymore. We're, we're really a team of people who are motivating each other, that are networked, working with each other that are helping each other out there to keep building our brands and moving forward. Before we keep going with Ashley, let me give a shout out to Braintree. Having an up-to-date payment system is one of those things, like a rattle in your engine, that you might let slide to the bottom of the to-do list. Everything's working now, so you'll get to it when you get to it. But that's not necessarily a practical strategy. Leave it too long, and you could be stranded on the side of the highway. And when we're talking about getting paid, you don't want to get stranded. It might not be a bad time to check in with Braintree and keep your business humming. Braintree, rethink payments. Find out more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. This is Mentoring Moments with Denise Rostari. And now back to being dazzled by Ashley Longshore. I think in our worlds, because we've chosen these worlds to live in, Ashley, so you've chosen to be with women like that. I've chosen to be with women like that. That's right. But I do think there still are those women out there who are there, one seat at the table, and it's for me. Yeah, and that's their problem. Right. And listen, do I know people like that? Absolutely. Do I have clients like that? Probably I do. But that's when you have to separate that time when you're working and the time when you're not working where you're really surrounding yourself with cheerleaders, people that have your best interest at heart. I mean, and I feel like this goes back to when people are in kindergarten. You know, be nice, be kind, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Have milk and cookies at three o'clock. That's my favorite rule. I mean, you know, this is not brain surgery. It's like what you said in the beginning. It's very simple. It's very simple. If a girl is mean and she makes you feel bad about yourself, don't hang out with her. And now I'm old enough to realize that most of those people have a great deal of self-loathing. And that's why they're ugly to other people. You must surround yourself with positivity. Your brain will adapt to being around positive people. This will carry on into being a mother, into being an entrepreneur, a businesswoman. This will seep into every area of your life and then it will come back on you a million times more. And that will fuel you even further. It's, it's very important. Yes. And I think though in middle school, it it is a reality, right? I remember when my daughter was in eighth grade and we were talking about being bullied and I said, you know, why can't I, I remember very little about my childhood my middle school years. So I couldn't even like dig deep and say, this is what happened to me. And I don't know why I don't remember. And I'm sure I need to be in therapy to figure that out. But that's another podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other we podcast. We could be on another podcast right, right, together right, with that. Right. Yes. I don't remember anything. So I couldn't go into well, honey, this is what I experienced. So I would gather stories from other people and Mm -hmm. say, you know, what did you experience? And I would sometimes think in a very naive way, why can't the girls who were being bullied form together and become a force? A gang. (laughs) In a good way, right? Yeah, but a gang, but a good gang to be able to say, okay, we're a positive force and we're going to overcome well, you're not confident enough at that age exactly. to understand that, right? Exactly. So as I would think that through, I was like, that's not going to happen. They're right. in eighth grade. They're going through puberty. Their bodies are changing. They have breast Unless they're Malala, that's not going right, to happen. Right, right, right. Exactly. But as adults, we have more logic. We yes. can think things through. We've been there. We know we're going to come out the other end. When mm-hmm. you're in eighth grade, you're not sure you're coming out the other end. No, right? eighth grade is hard. 
eighth grade is hard. And I, I was totally bullied. I was always weird. I was always different. And I wondered, why don't I want to be a cheerleader? Why don't I want to be in a sorority? Why do I not fit in with these girls? All these girls are looking for husbands. I, I'm not. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why do, why do I not fit in? And what did you come, what was the conclusion? There's something wrong with you or? No, that, that, you know, like I said before, there's peacocks and sparrows, there's finches, there's chickadees. Just through experience and going through those hardships, you realize, you know what, I don't have to be around them. Maybe I won't go to some Southern university. Maybe I'll go to the University of Montana. And that's what I did. Instead of going into one of these big Southern schools to be in a sorority, I was like, I'm going to go somewhere completely different. I'm going to go to Montana. And I learned to fly fish and I learned pheasant hunting and I would take pheasant feathers and tie my own flies. I learned how to snowboard. I learned how to ride horses. Uh, I'd never done any of those things before. And that's when I started to paint. Following, you didn't paint when you were younger? No, not at all. So following following those urges of not fitting in, following all those feelings of ah, why, why am I not in a sorority? Why don't these girls like me? And following that urge, that inner voice to go, go somewhere completely different. Luckily I was brave enough to do it. It's led me to my destiny. So how did you start painting then? I stole my dad's American Express card. <laughs> and I went, I went to... So a, everyone, go steal your dad's American Express yes. card and you too will no, be a famous artist. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But um, I did do that and he was very upset with me and I had to pay him back. Um, but I, I went and bought a paint kit. I also bought some drums because I like to play the bongos. <laughs> and um, I still have those bongos, by the way. Um, and I'm pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I started painting and actually I called my dad. I said, dad, I'm going to take a semester off. I'm going to paint ride horses. And he was like, no, you are not. You were out there to go to school. And I said, well, it's too late. And I didn't just sit around, you know, being ridiculous and drinking and acting crazy. I did. I painted and I made a whole portfolio. I had my pictures of my artwork developed at like a one hour photo place. I went to a gallery in Missoula, Montana, and I got my first art show. So did you even like to paint before that? Did you take art classes? I've never really painted. No. So what was it never that had made an art you lesson. say, I want to go buy a paint kit? It was just some crazy thought of like, maybe I'll paint. <laughs> it was some crazy thought. It was some, some, some intuition, you know, probably right. the same thought Bill Gates had when he had his right. idea or, you know, you, and you were like, right. I'm going to have a mentoring podcast. It's that spark of ideas of that infinite possibilities that we've been talking about that like, that could lead you to your destiny, that gut feeling, you know? So you picked up, you bought a paint kit yeah. with no experience in painting. No. Were you, did you just say, I don't care what, did, did you like give yourself? I was really into the Grateful Dead and I painted a painting of acid bears. <laughs> you know, the little bears with the little yeah. spiky collars and I was, they were orange and purple and I was like, ooh, I love this. And then I think I painted a bunch of mushrooms. And then one day I painted this couple and it was very figurative and colorful and it was like, boom, there's my style. There's me. There, there it is. And of course, it's gotten much more refined over the years because I understand myself and my place in society. I'm more confident. And that that comes out in the artwork. You know, I can't wait to see what I'm doing in 20 years. So you don't have to be trained no. to be what you, to, whether it's an artist or whatever, to do no. what you're doing, right? No, and you don't have to go to business school. It's just those instincts that you follow. And you went back to college? Did you go back to oh, classes? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a degree in English literature, right. which I, the last book I read was my own <laughs> um, because I'm, you know, I, I like to have my hands in things. But uh, yeah, I mean, it just was that 
that that's simple. But I think, you know, when you're younger, you have to try a lot of things. You have to try all these. I mean, that's why extracurricular activities are so important. Maybe you realize, like, isn't it funny that when you're in high school, if you're in the band, that you're like kind of dubbed like yes. the uncool ones. But then when you're in a band, when you're older, you're like the coolest person on the planet. It's like I was a nerd in in junior high and high school. And now I've got all these girls who were, you know, who I thought were the cool ones that are now saying, oh, my gosh, Ashley, you're so awesome. You're so thank you for your, you know, Instagram and your energy and all that. And I'm like, wow, life is just exciting like that. That's what I'm saying. Stay on that positivity. Yes. Being negative isn't going to get you anywhere in life, not in business, not in life, anywhere. And trying new things, right? I've been talking to a lot of young women lately about taking sabbaticals. Yes. Because Agape Stasinopoulos, Ariana Huffington's sister, was on the podcast with me and we were talking about, she gave advice to someone who was saying that they are very successful in their job, but they hate their job. And so Agape <sighs> said, I said to her, take a sabbatical, take That's six right. weeks. And this woman could afford to take six weeks. And she said, I know some people will say, I'll get fired. My, you know, my company won't give me six weeks. She's like, take a Sunday, take something off something. where you can actually do things for you, where you can think for yourself. And so I've been talking to a lot of women lately. After that podcast, women have been saying to me, you know, I really, I'm burned. I'm just burnt out and I sure. want to take a sabbatical and I want to do something, but I can't, I can't afford it. And, and that's a reality. I yeah. get that. But so my advice is do something you haven't done. Take a pottery class, whatever it is that inspired, whatever Continue you want to do. Continue to be do. a student. Yes, exactly. Keep learning. Continue to be a student. Will, something will spike and spark you that will be could be that next thing you want to do, or maybe it's that next hobby you want to do, or whatever right. it is, but it'll give you those pieces. And okay, so Ashley, we're now going to go to takeaways where we've crowdsourced questions from our listeners. Yes. And I know. And one of the questions is about your live performances. Ooh. So tell us about them and how did you come up with the idea to do them and what do you love about them? Okay. My first live performance spawned after that, that semester I took off when I first started painting, when I found that gallery in Missoula, Montana. So I was having my show and all my first paintings that I'd ever done. And I was at my friend Sally's house and Sally is this incredible yogi. She's this beautiful body and like, she's so limber. And I looked at her and I was like, Oh, let me paint you. Let me paint you from head to toe. And at this, at the gallery opening, you just come out of the back halfway through and I'll have a painting of how I'm going to paint you. And it'll just be so cool. And so that's what we did. And I used this liquid latex stuff, not knowing that any hair she had on her body would oh, get. Oh, so it's a waxing also. She got a full <laughs> body exfoliation and wax. She loved it. And she ended up doing other performance art pieces with me over the, over the years. But I have to say, the performance art pieces are really fun for me because they're a study of not having control. I like to use now lots of humans and when you're dealing with human beings and they're all painted from head to toe, like in white paint, and I'm projecting a film onto their bodies at some event at a museum, I don't know what's going to happen. I've had girls faint. I've had girls throw up on the stage. And the reaction of people seeing it is also awesome for me because, first of all, it's free. And the only thing they get to take home is a thought. 
And I just, I like that. I like the unknown of it. I think, you know, you know, as an entrepreneur and a creative person, it's a very, it's a controlling thing. I have an idea in my own mind. I paint it how I want to. I'm running, you know, a company. I run it the way I want to. But that little wild card of pulling in all of these humans and, you know, uh, we had auditions not too long ago and I dressed 30 women up like Wonder Women. And I had this massive production company. I was like, I want it to be like Beyonce. And we took images of my artwork and had them projected and I told the girls I said dance dance for four hours dance people were all at my windows at my studio like it was like a fishbowl mm-hmm. and I loved that I just loved it it was great energy and it's it's wild actually I'm, I'm filming a performance art piece that I'm really excited about. in New Orleans so, yes it's about the trophy wife versus the working woman oh so tell me more about that mm-hmm. what can you tell well, it hasn't well, I have to, well, I have to say this too. There's so much spontaneity about it that I don't necessarily even know what's going to happen. But we have certain props, dresses, uh, these boots. Um, but once I get that camera in my hand, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I like to keep it very, very loose. It, it's a good exercise. It's a really good exercise for my mind. I just love it. And I, also, we were talking earlier, and you were talking about your chickens. Yes, I have a little chicken coop. Yes. I have a little lettuce <laughs> garden behind my studio. I, I love I love nature. And as much as I'm painting all these things about status and greed and status symbols, I really find so much clarity for all of those things when I'm in nature. So the back of my studio, I have all these flowers and an herb garden and my husband uh, loves to cook. So he cooks for my team every day and we have our lettuce and tomatoes. And then I've got my little chicken coop and they're silky chickens and they're white and they're fluffy. (laughs) That is great. I know. I love it. What else do you have at the studio? Let's see. You have have two basset hounds. Right. I'd love to have a goat named Pickles, but I don't think that's going to happen because it would eat my garden. So, Um, So do you know a goat? If everybody can hear in the background, we have... Ashley's team with us today. So we're before we're doing this in front of a live audience. Yes. <laughs> so exciting. Um, listen, I would love to have a whole farm. I, I think, I think most artists have this whole scientist thing about them too. Like you study things. I will, we'll leave the studio and I'll say, okay, everybody, let's go for a little nature walk in the back. And I'll, I'll tell everybody, find the coolest thing you can see in that minutia around you. All these other little universes, like a little crab spider that's um, spun this amazing web and they they actually spin those little white uh, you know darker white markings so that birds won't fly into their into their web or like little lizards or you know mating beetles I love that I love that there's all this magic and wonderment around us if we take the time to look at it so I like to surround myself with that and that takes us back to the signs of life right yes. if you take the time to look at the things that are important to look at the signs in life it's just taking the time and that's the hard part that is the really at least I will speak for myself that's a hard part it for me yes. to be able to say I deserve to take the time to be able to see a bigger and better world than the one that I'm living in? And how can I be a participant in making it a bigger and better world? What actions can I take that these ideas really excite me and give me that extra push to say, go do it. And that will lead you to your destiny. Yes. And one that's unfolding. And I can't wait in 10 years. I want to talk to you a whole lot before that. But in 10 years from now, to be able to talk about what happened in the last 10 years. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait to hear. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. To get Mentoring Moments the moment it's live every Wednesday, remember to download new episodes on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or podcastone.com. And make sure to rate, review, and share. And check out my show notes on Forbes.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts about what we talked about today, including some of my favorite quotes from Ashley, like, Instant gratification will get you stoned, drunk, or pregnant. Everything else is going to take some time. Or this one. Once you figure out how to make money, there's an infinite amount of money to be made. And then there's this one. If you don't like where you are, you're not a tree. Move. Talk to me. I'm easy to find. Always on Twitter, at Denise Rastari. And until next week, keep sharing your stories because your stories matter. Download new episodes of Mentoring Moments every Wednesday at podcastone.com, Forbes.com, the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at iTunes. I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And we're the hosts of The Limit Does Not Exist, a podcast for human Venn diagrams. That's right. We talk to people with intersecting interests in the arts, STEM, entrepreneurship, and so much more. The easiest way to explain science to non-scientists is to use art. I worry that we lose a lot of creative engineers because our engineering curriculum is not creative. Education should be about empowering people to become better thinkers, good problem solvers, creative inventors, and ethical, caring citizens. Download new episodes of The Limit Does Not Exist every Monday on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. It's the semi-annual sale at Mattress Firm. For a limited time, get huge savings of up to $500 on our top-rated mattresses. We have more than 15 beds with over four-star ratings on sale store-wide. Like our fan-favorite Sleepy's Firm Queen mattress, now just $299. You won't find this deal anywhere else. But hurry in. This sale ends Tuesday. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S. might do to him. The United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, They are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower that does not appear to be following following the rule of law is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States Uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution, uh, the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.